Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 455. We've got a great special guest. We're going to be talking about all things security around your website. If you're actually working for a client, the things you really got to understand about security, or if you've got your own website and you're looking for an expert that can give some great insights about how you can keep your site away from those horrible hacker types. Unfortunately, my co-host, Adrian, the good-looking one, and the intelligent one couldn't make it for this show, but you but i'm sure brian um brian gills um founder and chairman of gillware will be the expert that we're looking for so brian can you give the audience a quick intro about yourself and yeah so i'm a uh, computer scientist by trade about 15 years ago uh, a group of friends and i uh, we started a company that essentially has been digging mostly American businesses out of data-related disasters, um, some of which are website in in nature, but um, all the different ways businesses can either lose data, get data stolen. And for the last five years, um, we've been heavily concentrated on what's called incident response. And the, the type of incidents that we respond to are data breaches, ransomware, that type of thing. Oh, that's great. Um, Before we go into the main part of our great conversation, I just want to mention our major sponsor. It's been sponsoring the show for the last couple of years. Where have those two years gone? I cannot tell you. And that's Kinster Hosting. And Kinster only specialise in hosting WordPress websites. They're big enough to have all the technology and knowledge, small enough to still care. They host the WP Tonic website. It's been fantastic hosting. You get um, Google hosting through them, but what you get from them is a great UX design. And the main thing is you get some of the best 24-7 support in the market at the present moment. And if you've got a WooCommerce website or e-learning platform based on WordPress, your normal cheap hosting just won't hack it. You really need a better hosting provider, and that's what you get from Kinster. So if that sounds interesting for yourself or for your clients, go over to kinster.com, look around, buy one of their packages, and please, please tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic podcast. So, Brian... Let's start off. So what are some of the things that, in general, you come across that are um, consistent patterns that people do wrong when it comes to website security in general? Yeah, and I think it's it's a bigger theme than that even, but user authentication is a consistent problem. Sometimes something as simple as you know. Sometimes when when we go into an organization, we'll find that there's users that could authenticate onto their network or onto their website that haven't worked there in years, or a specialty vendor they hired five years ago to come in and and do punch up one little part of the website still as like full blown administrative access. And boy, you gotta wonder you know why. And, And it's just you're just 
you got to understand who are your users, what levels of permission should they have, and and then you've got to work really hard to make sure that it's actually them. (laughs) I think you're so spot on, and it's understandable when it comes to WordPress because it is a slight weakness with WordPress is that a lot of the functionality um, you really want to give them editor role, but they just it's just not high enough for them to do a lot of jobs. So you end up having to give them admin access. And then it's so easy if there isn't a formulated plan structure of dealing with subcontractors um, for people to forget and those people to have full admin control, isn't it? Yeah, and and it's not that they would do something malicious. It's that somebody else that obtains their access because they had an incredibly weak password or, or something along those lines. You yeah, know, this, it, yeah, and this is one other thing, but I, I have got a vested interest in this because we run a, um, a website maintenance service business. So I've got to point out to the listeners and viewers that I, I have a bias here, but I, I do think it's better to select a company um, that has a track record, that has a presence in the security or WordPress community, then just going to freelance websites and getting somebody that you absolutely know nothing about apart from that freelance website has in some way vetted them, but you really fundamentally don't know anything about them. Yeah, and... On the subject of being somebody that, or being a company that has access to dozens or hundreds or thousands of other businesses' information, there's a much deeper burden to understand that, first of all, you might be an actual target. If you are identified as a company that, if we could penetrate this company, Look at all the the havoc we could cause, right? So simple things like you, you shouldn't have the same administrative password and an administrative username on all 500 places you go. You know, you, you need to, and, and again, if you have a staff of, of a dozen people, you need to have the rules in place where no, you know, I don't actually trust you to have strong, unique passwords on all the places you go. Like here, when you work here, the way we log in is with this, you know, key pass password manager or a YubiKey or whatever the situation is. You know, you really, uh, unfortunately, everybody needs to know quite a bit about security these days. Yeah, I think you made a great point there because the other factor is um, is your passwords for your email accounts, isn't it? Because they're after that also. And if somehow that's on the website somewhere um, and you and they manage to crack the password and you're using that password for your um, email accounts, um, that can be a bit of a problem, couldn't it? Yeah, it sure can. And if in general, if you have the same password for a bunch of stuff or you have three different or four different passwords you use at the 50 different places you have to log in, it's a huge problem because sometimes that, provider gets all the way owned and their whole database of everybody's password gets available on the dark net. And 
that even though through no fault of your own, you didn't get fished, you didn't get tricked, you didn't cough up the password unnecessarily. The company that that had it wasn't encrypting it in the right way and they got their network penetrated. And now they're going to try to use that at all these other places. And, and all of a sudden, they're you. And, and you see the nightmare, you know, when, when you're a successful business and you have all these good clients and the black eye, the, the reputation hit that, that you can get when you get breached and that breach has ramifications to your clients is, it's devastating. Yeah. So I get a lot of clients say to me, um, well, my hosting provider backs up my website. I've got nothing to worry about. What's the problem with that attitude, Brian? Well, well, the problem, they, first of all, you know, if, they, if they're paying for a high quality service like the one you just promoted, they probably are and, and they're probably doing a relatively good job. But the, the main problem I see when I'm talking with, with WordPress admins or somebody that just set up a, a WordPress website for a small business and they say, yep, it's backed up and it's backed up with this plugin. And then the incident, the problem may happen three years down the road. And that business owner has absolutely no idea what to do. They think a backup exists because maybe they've been paying $12 a month for one. But how do you access it? How do you download it? How do you spin up a new server or a new cloud service? Or how do I set up a new container to to put it on? And okay, uh, you know, uh, I finally ate 12, 16 hours later, figured out how to log into my backups and figured out how to migrate it over. And I've, I've got to log into this, you know, DNS thing and try to figure out how to repoint my DNS now. And, and this whole time, your, your business has been down, right? So the, all of this can be avoided with making sure that you do a mock restore occasionally. You know, once every six months, once every 12 months, Pretend that you need to spin up from your backups. Let's see if it works. Let's see if it, all those integrations that you have with your, you know, marketing automation software or your internal CRM, or let's make sure that those still function and they still can talk to those things. And let's make sure it's recent. Oh, geez. Well, I have my, my website, but it, it's, it's five weeks old. You know, a lot, it's, it's the Christmas season. I, I can't rekey these 200 products again. So, again, do a mock restore. Understand how to access it in the first place. And if you have a one-page Word document, which is a kind of a break glass in case of emergency as a business owner or a host, where if the worst of the worst happens, these are the exact steps on how we start all the way from scratch and we know that it works and we know that it takes an hour or it takes two hours or it takes four hours because you need your phone might be ringing off the hook yeah. with with people complaining and what are you going to tell them what is your staff going to tell them hey listen we had a major outage we're going to be back in 57 minutes that's a much better way to live than we're working on it and you have no idea and and when you go through that mock restore process what you're probably going to find are issues maybe it turns out you need to upgrade to the gold plan with that 
service providers so that you have a guaranteed phone number where you're going to be talking to a human within five minutes mm-hmm. because you cheaped out and it, you went with the, the entryist level plan and they guarantee email response in four hours in that level of service. And maybe that's not good enough for you and your clients. And you didn't really realize that until you had to go through the mock restore. You might realize that it wasn't complete or that your WordPress theme looks a little goofy or some graphics aren't quite right or, geez, our subdomain isn't even here. Where did that go? Oh, crap. That wasn't even in the backup. You might realize your backup was incomplete or out of date or the service wasn't good enough. So I can't preach... Well, I think you're preaching to the converted because um, at WP Tonic, we're anal about backup. Backup is the number one um, element of a security strategy, isn't it? Um, So we have um, one backup which we um, take straight away and we store it. um, And that's our final, final um, backup. And then um, the other thing is it really depends on the kind of hosting the client has. Um, I'm personally a bit snobbish about hosting and I think any hosting provider that doesn't provide really uh, really good staging mechanisms, so you have a staging site and then you have a production site, I personally wouldn't really host my site. If it's a, a business-critical website, on a hosting provider that didn't provide a superb ability for staging as well. Would you agree with that, Brian? Oh, of course. You know, I mean, we we usually have about four different versions of, of our websites. You know, we've different developers have their own versions they're kicking around. And there's our kind of, this is our, you know, hey, listen, I've checked it all into source control. And, and now we're going to check everything out and make sure that, this is our kind of beta candidate and then boom, now let's promote it up to production and, and having a solid strategy or a host that really facilitates that is huge. And when it comes to backups, you should understand where it's going. A surprising amount of backups will be backing up to the same What's physical- to the server, yeah. Same server. That's not a backup. If it's backing up to the same piece of hardware, to the same private cloud, or the same piece of on-premise hardware, you're still going to be subject to all the bad stuff that can happen to that node. It needs to be a different node with a different layer of network authentication. And probably the number one problem that I see with these backups is the mechanism to authenticate in and access that backup lacks two-factor authentication. Well, that's great. We're going to be coming back. We're going to be delving into this fascinating subject a bit more. I'm going to be putting a a thing that's a bit of a bugbearer to me, um, to Brian, and see what his thoughts are in the second half of the show. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Are you a WordPress consultant, designer, or small digital agency owner? Then you need WPTonic as your trusted white-label developer partner for your next big e-learning or WooCommerce project. WPTonic has the knowledge to help you build out custom functionality that your clients need in LearnDash, Lifter LMS, and WooCommerce. 
WP Tonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with a full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Find out how WP Tonic's white-label services can help your agency today. Go to wp-tonic.com's homepage and book a free consultation with Jonathan. That's wp-tonic, just like the podcast. We're coming back. We've been talking all things WordPress and security. Before we go on to this fascinating conversation, I want to talk about one of my other sponsors, and that's Lifter LMS. Now, if you've got a job for a client and they're looking for a superb learning management system for their course, and they want the base, obviously, being that they're intelligent, they want to base it on WordPress, you, you cannot really go wrong by using Lifter LMS. It's one of the most superb products that you can use on WordPress. So go over, have a look at what they've got to offer. And if you do decide to buy for yourself or for uh, a client, um, their pro versions, please tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic show. Now, Brian, a little bugbearer of mine, it's a little ink here, I might go on a little rant, so be patient, Brian, is in the WordPress developer community, there's a set of developers and also there's some um, plug-in software providers that provide tools to allow people to host clients' websites on Google, Amazon Web Services, right? And I think it's the road to hell myself because um, I think for the right um, products or the right SaaS or the right service, Amazon Web Services is totally logical. And especially if you've got a powerful team that can administrate what's going on. But Amazon Web Services, they don't provide any real effective support or it's extremely difficult and I'm not a Linux um, administrator, Brian. I have many talents, but that's not one of them. What do you think about people that try and push clients for them to host their websites on Amazon Web Services? Well, I think you make a really valid point. Um, it's an incredibly powerful cloud platform. And, you know, every time I log in to, to AWS, there's about five new features, right? So I think it's really difficult. And they've got probably 800 people that are developing that platform, right, at Amazon. So it's changing all the time. So there are, I think the more you know about some of these cloud services, the more you realize how fast it's moving and the less confident you are in maybe a micro-sized business or a small business trying to configure those things properly trying to configure them properly for, for security. And the more difficult it might be to, to have, you might have a lot of those ongoing problems where you might not be able to, you know, I, I have roughly a dozen people with computer science degrees and a bunch of these Linux server administrators. So we would be comfortable with that type of thing. But for a lot of businesses, it, 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 it might be, um, too modular or or they may not have the the ability to keep up to date with yeah, all the things think, that are happening. I personally think you've got to, you know, to the savings when you take in what what 
what will happen if this developer, we part company with this developer, and then um, we haven't got somebody on call that supposedly has the Linux, um, you know, and I'm not attacking developers. We've all been there. All developers like to think they're the best developer on the market. And they think they, they can deal with almost anything. But in my experience, being a top-notch Linux administrator and being a top-notch WordPress developer, two entirely different things. Um, but that's my opinion. So let's go on. So another thing I hear, Brian, is I hear a lot of people say, well, why would somebody want to hack my site? You know, it's a it's a non-profit. We help orphans in northern Nevada. Nobody is going to want to hack our site. What's the reality, um, Brian? Well, well, the reality is that they want to hack everybody. Well, first of all, the, the primary motivation these days, it's not like it was, you know, 20 years ago where somebody wanted to hack your site and throw up a JPEG of their pirate flag and get some sort of street credit in the hacker community for, for hacking somebody's website. That kind of thing probably happens occasionally, but these modern hackers are, they're coming from a place of they're organized crime and they want money. And they may not specifically target that nonprofit that, that serves orphans. They're targeting everybody at once and especially with WordPress. Congratulations, WordPress. It's the number one web platform on the planet. And it's, they have the same burden that like Microsoft has, where it's the number one operating system on the planet. So every hacker is trying to come up with exploits and they will try to, to send these exploits off in bulk to every website on the planet. And if you're running a version of WordPress from, from four years ago, you're probably going to have a bad time, right? Because uh, you haven't kept up with your patch management strategy. So, um, yeah, everybody's a target, and it's unfortunate, um, but, and it's, but it's not going away. And there are a couple of, you know, quick, easy things that probably to most of your audience, they're already doing, right? But, you know, do you need the default if you've ever looked at those server logs or those audit logs, first of all, look at them and you'll be very, very scared about how frequently somebody's trying to hack into your website, often before it's even live, right? Like, wow, I just am in beta here and there's already some IP address in, in, in Romania is trying to log into my server. And, and you'll see all these failed entry attempts. So you can rename the, the WP-login or the WP-admin. You, you can rename those URLs and, and that will get you out of some of these kind of automated attacks. Do you really want your administrative user to be called admin? Because maybe you don't want it to be called admin because a lot of these automated attacks are going to be trying to log in as admin. And they're going to be using these databases of millions of known passwords. That's another subject you could be thinking about making sure that you find a security plugin or you add a rule where you can't just sit there and kind of brute force. You know, if one IP address has tried to log into your server 10 times in a row, do, do you really want to let that IP address continue to try? 
a surprising amount of websites, the answer is yes, they can just try infinitely. And they will, because it costs them almost nothing to continue to hammer you. So turn it off. Um, and obviously, one of the things that I've talked about a little bit a couple different times is two-factor authentication. So every user who's logging into your WordPress uh, should be forced not only to have a username and a password, but have that like mini orange plugin. And I'm not here to push any particular plugins or anything, but make sure you're using like a Google Authenticator smartphone rotating digit code as a second factor of authentication. And if you're, if you're really, um, if you're an, you know, you're growing into that enterprise level and you're supporting a user with thousands of concurrent users and there's big ramifications to any problems, you might even start to consider some of these third factors of authentication, like if you want to log into our WordPress, you have to come from these specific IP ranges. I'm sorry, nobody in Romania, even if they had the username and the password and they spoofed somehow the second factor of authentication, we don't let people outside of these very fixed IP ranges even at, even get to these specific URLs. Yeah, I think um, what Brian's pointing out, but there's always a balance here, Brian, because fundamentally I agree with almost everything you're saying but the thing you've got to be aware of, listeners and viewers, is um, as the security threshold increases, i.e. the methodologies that you're utilising to keep the site secure, it, it becomes less convenient, you know. Um, so you, there's always has to be a kind of balance between... But on the other hand, if you're making a substantial living from your website or that website... Um, if it was down, it could affect a lot of um, people. Um, you really got to be looking at the, these kind of security questions, haven't you, Brian? Yeah, and, and this is, you know, you just stumbled on a huge topic. And all this technical mumbo-jumbo that I'm rambling about, it may or may not have certain relevance to any particular situation, right? And it's all about risk assessment and risk management. And there's a couple different things you can do with risk. You can buy insurance policies or cyber insurance policies. You can hire security experts to try to defend against, you know, things. Or or you can do nothing. You can just take a take a piece of bread and polish all your risk on it and just eat it. And if the bad stuff happens, it happens. And all three of those things are appropriate in different circumstances. But the burden for people is to to think about it think about the risk and make intelligent decisions for how you insure or how you how much resource you put into this to to beef up your security or if you shrug your shoulders and say you know what if this whole thing gets owned and crashes it's it's really no big deal to me yeah okay well that's fine then you probably shouldn't be buying insurance or spending a thousand bucks a month uh, on a security contractor um and, and there was another thing that you mentioned which was convenience and everything that we do in security, it has a, has a convenience problem. It's inconvenient to spend a bunch of money on security. I'd rather spend that money on other stuff in my family and my children's education and pay my employees bonuses. And that's pretty inconvenient. And every time I go to log into this website, I've got to have this stupid YubiKey in my pocket and I've got a VPN into that network because that's the only network that can get onto the thing. And 
and I've got to have this rotating phone thing and I've got to make sure it's all synchronized. And every time I add an employee, it's an hour of crap to get them all set up. And all of these little inconveniences are the price we pay for increased security. It's a direct trade-off. And it's important that the business owners and the, the board members and the the executives aren't sometimes like the, you're like, Hey, you know, CEO, like you have to do these eight things now. And they're like, Oh, I'm not doing that. Well, you know, and, and they, they need to have the opposite approach. You know, that those executives or those business owners or those host providers, they, they need to be understanding the overall risk profile that they have, and they need to be making important decisions to, to support security when it makes sense. And they themselves cannot personally be counterculture to that. You know, it, it's sometimes the IT people or the, the nerds in the world room and the, the Linux administrators, they know all the things that they should be doing, but they don't have that political organizational control to make it happen, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's so true. Well, we're going to come to the end of the podcast part of the show. Hopefully, Brian's going to agree. I think he is going to agree to stay on for about 10 minutes, which is going to be bonus content, which you can see the whole interview with the bonus content on the WP Tonic YouTube channel and also on the WP Tonic website where we will have a full transcript and all the links to some of the things we've mentioned during this interview. So, Brian, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and your company and services? Yeah, gillware.com, G-I-L-L-W-A-R-E. Uh, hopefully you never need us. <laughs> you know, most almost nobody wants to be our client because it usually means something's going sideways, but we're a great connection to have if you or your clients ever end up in kind of data-related emergencies, you can find me at Brian Gill on LinkedIn. I connect with just about everybody who wants to connect with me. So um, that's great. Oh, thanks, Brian. And if you really want to support the show, folks, go over to iTunes and give us a review. It can be good, bad, or ugly. And if it's a funny one, I'll probably read it out. Um, but go over. I know it's a pain in the posterior, but go over to iTunes and give us a review because if you're getting real value from this show, um, hopefully you help us out and give us that review. We'll be back next week with another great guest, with another great insights to help you make your business a success in 2020. We will be back next week. See you soon, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 